Hello, how we doing? Really excited about this episode here. So we've got Darren Weems checking in. So Weems is actually a personal friend of mine. He's from New Orleans, actually played with me at the Cowboys. Super brilliant person. And I think the best way that I would probably describe him is a renaissance man. Weems was an all-world tackle when he played in the NFL. He was super superstar, despite being undrafted, was able to manage to have a really good career. But then he left. Uh kind of towards the beginning of the crescendo of his career to go off in real estate uh, and then ultimately start writing scripts, like literally scripts that get purchased by Netflix. He's working on something really cool right now. Not only that, but he's also interested in entrepreneurship through acquisition and he's buying companies. So a mini mogul, not mini because he's like 6'5", 300 pounds, but an amazing brother. Uh, and I can't say enough about him, really. And, and that's why we have the podcast. I think it's going to be a really exciting episode. I think you all enjoy it. Thanks for tuning in to something like the offseason. I'll speak to you soon. All right. First question. Tell me about the time that you knew, whether it be in high school or college, that you were destined for the next level. In high school, I was just better than everybody, you know, <laughs> bigger, faster, stronger, more athletic, smarter. So, you know what I'm saying? From an offensive line perspective, and I played in the city section, you know, I'm really, uh, you know, my defensive ends are like, you know, 5'11", 240, you know what I'm saying? I just, I was just built different, right? And so... I knew then, I was like, oh, I'm going to probably make it to college. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, and we, you know, I went to Taft, which was a, you know, a football kind of a powerhouse for a public school back then. And we had a lot of uh, recruiters coming through. And so, you know, at that time, I just knew. Now, in college, going to the NFL, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it, bro. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I was nice, but I never had that. I never thought I would be good enough to to do that. And so it just was one of those things where when it happened, I was just shocked. Like I was just working towards it, grinding, 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 you know, undrafted, no, no money, uh, no signing bonus. Like it's a whole different thing. They might let you go because you sneeze wrong, right? Like, I don't like the way Mike is sneezing in the meeting room, but we got to get rid of him. Bring in another guy, please. I just, right? The way he sneezes, it just, I don't, it's not good for morale. So I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So. You know, in college, it was kind of different. And luckily, I was on a good good team, and we, we played well. And so that kind of gave me the opportunity to kind of go and showcase some things. But I, I, I couldn't have called it uh, going to the league, honestly. Wow, that's dope. But you were, if I'm not mistaken, you're like top 100, top 250 coming out of high school. You weren't thinking L? I mean, everyone's thinking L, right, in high school. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? everyone's thinking oh in high school like there's no you know you so you just so much better than everybody like if you able right. to go and play college football anywhere then you are better than like at like 99.9 percent .9 of the people in your area right and right. so it's like like i'm 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 him you know what i'm saying i'm uh the greatest tackle to ever walk this earth right i'm sure you was walking around like prime you know what i'm saying oh, you just oh. knew right oh. So I was, you know, I was good and I was called in, but then you get to the, you know, you get to the, to college and, and this, you know, you start coming up a couple against a couple of guys that's, 
You that's already like know. that too. That's yeah. where we're going. That's where we're going right now. Yeah, Question number two. Who was the toughest matchup that you had in high school, college, or the L? You know, in college, we played USC a couple of times, uh, you know, once a year. There was a dude, he played for the Vikings for a while. He was cold, defensive mm. end. Two, he's like 6'4", 270. He used to cover punts. Is that Everson, was that Everson Griffin? Ever, Everson Griffin. And my Crazy. dog had a... My dog had a list and we almost fought outside Skate World, right? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And this is in high school. My dog pressed me. So we almost threw hands, but the, you know, the people, the people kept us solid. You know, they, they kept us apart. Uh, <laughs> and, but then we became boys. You know what I'm saying? We, we pressed some frat dudes right. when I was at a frat party and, and, uh, at SC. You know, my one of my best friends went to SC. So, I, you know, me and Ev became cool. But, Nice. You know, Everson was Everson was nice. I never really gave I never gave up a sack against them. I'm gonna give you categories of players actually for this, right? Okay. So there was Come like on. there was like an Everson Griffin, Cole. There was um a dude that plays for the 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 Steelers still, interior defense alignment, went to Ohio Hayward. State. Hayward. Yo, this man. Actually, that <laughs> might be the that might be the time I've I've felt most outmatched. As a as a man in life, wow. right? Like, cause he was uh, he, he was stopping double team. You know how mm, yeah. he was just looking like, and we was yeah. you know a little pack pack twelve offensive line, and we uh, working hard and shit. And he just, you know, he looking like, let me uh, shed you, make the tackle, let me uh, and yeah. make the tackle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a he was a monster. Then there's Cam Jordan from um, who that the cow? Yeah, Cam Jordan. Yep, Saints guy, super cold. Went to Cal. Imagine. One of the Paul one of the Kramer. toughest, yeah, one of the toughest matchups I ever had. And then um, I gave up a. I only gave up three sacks in college, and most of them were early. Um, <laughs> actually, no, one of them was early. So I, I gave up a sack like my first year playing, and then right. I gave up two sacks my last year. It was some trash, but. You know, they it, they changed the way the protections was, and I had to read too much, but, um, you know what I'm saying? That's why I wasn't feeling confident about the L's. I was like, damn, I gave up three sacks in college. I'm not the GOAT, right? What are we doing? Right? But they had a dude named Ryan Kerrigan whenever I... Uh, Purdue. Yeah. Who went to the, the, the Redskins. I mean, the, the Commanders now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, them. <laughs> right? And so I say... Them dudes, like that, was just a category of of players that that were just cold, right? And you know, I was a good, solid, strong player. But then, you know, you go up against a Camp Jordan, you're like, wow, this is very difficult. You go up against a, um, you know, an Iron, uh, you know, what's his name, Iron Iron Hayward, right? He, I didn't even realize how good he was. I just saw him on TV like two years ago, and they talking about he's gonna be in the Hall of Fame. I was like, I remember you. You was cold. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I know when you're in the city every now and then, someone walk up to you and they be like, "Oh, Michael, man, but I remember you. You was, I was him. I was that to him, right? On TV, like, I remember you. You was the coldest. So, yeah, that was that's probably, um, you know, that's, that's my that's, that's my piece there, bro. Fair enough. Okay, next we're here. Who was 
the player that you played with or played against that you thought should have went to college, league potentially, and just never got the opportunity? You know, it was a dude I played high school ball with. His name was Sheldon Banks. And he was like a linebacker slash running back. And when I tell you, this dude was <laughs> was so cold, right? Yeah. You know, because we have Mal- you know we have Malcolm Smith. You know, ends up going on be a Super Bowl MVP, all of that stuff. <laughs> Great player, right? No big deal. Tap high, tap tap high. T house, T house. Uh, but we had a dude named Shelton Banks who was super explosive, like the type of dude who would take it for eighty seven. You know, like on a little toss, like ooh, skip, uh, excuse me, break a couple tackles, yeah. I'm gone. And he talking shit too, right? That was always my favorite. I like when dudes talk shit because I can't really play sports and be humble and shit. Like, like I gotta, you gotta feel me, and I gotta feel you. If you're not cool. talking no shit to me, I'm like out of my game. I'm like, damn, does he think I'm weak? He's not even talking <laughs> no shit to me, bro. What's going on? You know what I'm saying? Uh, but he was just cold like that, bro. And he, you know, on defense, he he could guard every everybody. Like he was guarding receivers, he was tight ends, backs out the backfield. He's thumping stuff. Uh, he was probably a little undersized, right? Um, but honestly, you know, as many undersized guys as you see running around the league now, it's like there's yeah. no reason why he could. The league kind of shifted to that, yeah. Like yeah, a six two twenty linebacker could play. Yeah. yeah, and 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 it's almost preferred in in some instances now because they need him to cover a lot of these weird, you know, uh, spread offenses. So yeah, yeah, you know, that's a Sheldon Banks, man. Shout out to Sheldon Banks. Shout out to Sheldon Banks, man. Much respect. We want to show you, give you your flowers. Next yeah, thing, man. what is the nicest thing that a coach has done for you? Man, coach you right. Yeah, the thing with foot, and I just had this conversation with this business seller, right? And we talked deeply about football and the role that it plays in a lot of communities and the role that it could play for a young man, bro. And right. it's like, if, you know, when you have a coach who cares at any level, it changes your life, actually, yeah. right? Um, and, you know, like for me, you know, I had, you know, when I first started playing football, Coach Mike, he like made me play football, bro. He was like, no, bro, you gotta, he's like, you have no idea. You gotta play football. I was a weird like anime and shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Reading uh, too many books and shit, right? And he's like, no, bro, listen, I, I get that. I understand your vision, bro, that's dope. But you need to come kick set, right? You need to come <laughs> and you need to block some people. And, and, and hassled me for a year until I went to go play. And then I got to, um, you know, I, I went to Taft, had a great coach. Shouts out to Coach Starr. I, I go to uh, college, man, Coach Greatwood. Just a great coach, bro. Like, cared it's about O-line me. Coach. O-line coach, right? Cared about me. You know, really, like, invested in, like, my personal growth, right? Like, because I had a whole lot of, you know, things going, you know, when I was young yeah. and, you know, I, I didn't come from the most stable environment. And so, you know, it was a, it was it was some extra shit with me sometimes. Um, and my mom would be calling, cursing him out. And, and and then he'll make me roll when she'll call him to curse him out, you know, because my mom's wild. So so she'll call him. She'd be like, I heard it's a mercy outbreak on campus. You better make sure my son. Da, 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 right? <laughs> and so he'll come to practice and I'll be walking out and he'll just look at me and just go like this, like it make me roll. <laughs> <laughs> we get there, right? Uh, 
great coach, cared about me. But then in the L's, bro, like Coach Callahan, bro, and uh, Mike Wojcik, man, I, in many ways, I owe my my career to those two people, right? Like, bought my mom my house, you know, got the financial uh, ability to do everything I'm doing now, right? It's like, them two dudes, man, Coach Callahan, I remember the first day he, you know, A, he liked me a lot, but, you know, he, he's working with me after practice. You know, I get there, you know, we can do the practice. You know, I come like at the end of the year and, you know, he works with me after practice for about 20 minutes. And I just remember he was shocked looking at me. He's like, hey, can you do all that over here too? Okay, let's see. Oh, let's let's do it. He was like, oh, bet. He's like, go we got on, one. You go. We got yeah. one. Yeah, right. You're going to be straight, young man. Right. And then, um, you know, Mike Wojcik, that man worked out with me every day, bro. Like me, right? It wasn't like, like, oh, go in and get your sheet. He was like, no, look, Weems, we need to do these. Look, we need to make sure you're a better football player. Oh, what you doing Friday night? Don't matter. Saturday morning, being here at 6.30, we lift in, bro, right? And like, and it was like that for some years, bro. I'm like, yeah. Man, that's that's my dude, bro. And he really. Awesome. He was amazing. One of the best, one of the best people I ever met, bro. Because he didn't have to right. do that, bro. Like he was showing up to the weight room to work out with me in the off season every day. And it's just me and him, right? I love and, that man. He's awesome. And then he'll have the jokes for you too. Like he used to call all the offensive linemen. He'd call us fats. You know what I'm saying? He'd be like, yeah, yeah, fat weems. Yeah, I'm just gonna call you fat. He sees he sees me out when I first meet Diana. We out at the GNC. I'm trying to get some protein. He walks up on me and he's like, hello, miss. I wasn't sure you understood. This is a fat man. You're a chubby chaser <laughs> for this, right? And I'm like dying, right? And then he just gives me a pat. And he's like, nah, Weems is one of the best dudes ever, right? But he really strolls up with that, like, Iron Mike scowl. And he's like, miss, do you understand? This is a fat man you're with? And you're a chubby, and you're a chubby chaser for doing so, right? Hmm. And then, you know, we joke it out. And But yeah, Iron Mike, man, one of the best. Coach Callahan, one of the best. Also, man, there's no, like, Coach Callahan, he's got to be in the Hall of Fame one day, just in terms of, like... I think everybody on that O-line made an active roster, from, like, what I remember from those Dallas years. Like, everybody. Yes, bro. Like, every, yes. like, like everybody. Every, everybody. Everybody. A, a gang of them went on to, like, get contracts and get... That's what I'm saying. Cool. Yeah, like it was a crazy situation, and he did that. I didn't realize until like I didn't. I didn't truly know who I was dealing with until I got older. You know, when you're young, you're just surviving. But I looked back at that man's career, and he did that everywhere he went, bro. Right, everywhere he went, the, the Jets. You know what I'm saying? He was when he was in Oakland punching this out like the whole situation, <laughs> bro. This man was was just that kind of guy, and so you know, I, I respect. uh Callahan and Iron Mike, them was my guys. No doubt. There we go. There we go. All right. We're shooting to the next part. You get done playing ball. First off, I think it's important to note that you had a very interesting situation where it wasn't like the phone wasn't ringing. Mm-hmm. Stopped. Maybe, and this is, you know, people are, people, you know, seeing this right now, they're like, Darren, we're like, oh yeah, we know he was nice. Like people who, People who play with you, people who played against you know you were nice. You're a guy, we had the same agent. You're a guy who was kind of in line or had the potential to sign one of those kind of big time 
left tackle mm-hmm. contracts. Maybe talk through talk through what was going on with your mind, why you did it. You know what I mean? What, what, what was going on there when you made that decision? You know, bro, I just, in many ways, I kind of got burnt out on the game, keep it 100 with you. Mm. And it had turned into such like a, you know, a political thing, like, especially when I, because I made a decision and I was like, man, I, I got to get away from the Cowboys because I don't think I'm ever really going to be able to crack this roster. Like, it's at least three Tyron Hall Smith, of Famers here. Yeah. Crazy. You know what it's I'm crazy. saying? It's at least three Hall of Famers here. All these are going to be in the Ring of Honor one day, right? <laughs> uh, you know, at AT&T Stadium. It's like, I don't think right. I'm ever going to crack this lineup. And so, I, you know, I made the decision and I and I go elsewhere and the dudes were like Rudy Poo, right? And, and I'm... I'm probably respectfully, respectfully. Respect, no, respectfully. It's always respectfully. You know, I had this yeah. thing in my mind where it's like, and even today, the NFL is comprised of like 15% of like, they are great. You know, about another 20, 30% of like, oh, these right. guys, you know, good. And then everyone else kind of trash, right? And so, yeah. and it just it's is what it be. is. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of, you know, they did not have the best offensive line. And, you know, for some reason, they cut me after this kind of <laughs> hairless. I'm, I'm petty, bro. I left the game. Like, fuck y'all, man, bro. If I can't crack the out, it's whatever, bro, and I'm out. And there was some health stuff involved, too. Like, I got a bad concussion my last year, and it really kind of, you know, I was like, I was like, man, if they're not trying to give me the bag, I'm not about to keep for 350 grand at the taxes. That's crazy. Like, <laughs> I can find, I can make some money, bro. Like y'all, wow, right? Like I'm gone, and any, so you know, yeah, yeah. No, any thought once you make that decision? You know, sometimes people are like, oh, I don't care about this. You know what I mean? Like in every like rom com, it's like they break up, and then they're like, you know what? Let me pick up mm. this phone. Was there ever a moment, like a fleeting moment, like as you felt yourself drifting away from the game? like and the permanence of all of that to say like oh everyone, hold on let me try to let me try to get back let me get try to get back in here never never once my wife that? used to ask me all the time she would be like do you miss the game I'm like not at all right um i i think i'm just the type of dude who like when i do when like especially when i shift my mind and like focus on something else is like I'm focused on this new thing. Like not, that thing is like old to me. People be asking me about football all the time, and I be forgetting sometimes. Like, yeah, I did play football. That's crazy, right? Like I forgot that I was in the NFL, bro. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I forget that fact, bro. Right? Like <laughs> I was in the NFL and played there for a while, and could have played there for a lot longer had I wanted to. And I, right. and, but the way my brain works is just like I don't even. It's not even an important facts to me right because that doesn't define like who i am the 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 dopest thing that that thing taught me is like dreams come true right and so it's like you know (laughs) so now i got these new ass dreams right and and we'd be checking shit off the bucket list all the time and we'd be doing shit and and you know like uh, and in many ways i think that's what it should be for for a lot of people you know i've come across i'm sure you've come across guys too who maybe left the game or didn't leave it on the the, the terms they wanted to or you know and maybe they don't do as well with the transition and they don't do as well mentally and with their mental health bro and i think it's because you know 
it's like the game is who they are instead of the game was just a thing that they wanted and achieved. And, you know, the understanding that their, their skill set is like super transferable, right. To, to everything else that, that the world revolves around. Right. And so, yeah, I never, I never, never once really looked back and it was kind of crazy. You know, I remember I made the decision and I'm sitting there and I'm chilling and I told Diana, and she, I told her I was some nonchalant. I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to play no more. And she, I think she thought I was fucking around, right? <laughs> like, she was like, oh, and the phone's going crazy. Like, Mook calling me, you know, we got <laughs> it offers, like, <laughs> where you want to go? It's on you, brother. You can do whatever you want, you know, type shit. And I'm like, nah, I think I'm good, bro. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like, I'm solid. And I yep. never really look back, bro. That's crazy. Did- thing I want to touch on is you talked about, I really like, like basically articulating that you had a new dream. You realize that dreams can come true and maybe that, you know, your, this dream or vision you have for your life isn't singular. Right. And it's like, mm-hmm. it can exist in different ways. You then go on, you know, you were doing the real estate stuff, which I feel like is like ex football player, like one one I feel like anybody, sure. <laughs> you have to flip at least one house or yeah. buy one house. I feel like everybody's done that. Honey. But then you, <laughs> but then you get in the film and not just not, not being in front of the camera, but actually like writing full fledged scripts, movies mm-hmm. to talk me through, you know, how does that happen? Well, I'm from, a. I grew up in part in LA. I grew up in between LA and New Orleans, right? As you know. Best city in the and world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And when you're from LA, it's just like, it's probably just like being, you know, like how people in Texas look at oil or certain yeah. industry. It's just like, it's New just York like one Bank. of those things, 100%. It's just like one of those things that's hella accessible and hella, like, it's there, like. And I grew up, you know, creative and wanting to tell stories. And I remember, you know, my grandfather used to tell me all these stories, you know, because my my grandparents used to smoke hella weed, right? And so they'll be at the crib and they'll be, you know, it's it's a smoky scene and they sitting there chilling. And I would just be telling these stories, bro, all night, like, yeah, going crazy. And my grandfather would be like, dang, that's crazy. You know, he'll be going crazy. Man, what about this? And he used to be egging me uh-huh. on, like, man, you really need Come your on. little character, like, bye-bye, right? And we used to do that, man. And so, you know, I had I had this, the, you know, this this kind of raw desire to just kind of want to tell those kind of stories. And, and you know, I you know, I hopped out and, and out of the game. And like you said, started doing some real estate stuff and, I guess through that, you know, we, we actually sold a real estate show, right? Like my, the way my right. brain was working, right? It was like, it was like, oh, we flipping these houses, bro. Let's make a TV right. show, right? Like, yeah. right. And so, nigga, you, you know, and fuck it, let's, what, what, what a camera costs, right? Let's go buy What's a up? camera. Like, let's figure <laughs> it out. Like, that's me. That's who I am, right? Let's figure it out. We don't want it. You know? Right. And so, you know, we shoot a couple of rooms and we write a couple of rooms and then, we start sitting this thing around and like really not that much time, you know, Warner brothers, you know, hits us with the, you know, little money. Uh, and, you know, wanted to, to do a thing with it. And, you know, it didn't end up going anywhere truly. Um, but that was kind of my first little taste of like, Oh damn, you can, uh, it's actually not even that crazy to like sell a show or sell a, sell a thing. And so, 
um, now I'm focused because I was kind of more unscripted, right? Now right. I'm focused more just like raw storytelling. Like, you know, I, I wrote a, recently I wrote like a sports heist movie uh, that I'm super excited about. It's like Ocean's Eleven meets any given Sunday, you know, a, a group of, you know, group of, group of guys colludes to kind of heist this team as they're selling it to this billionaire who run. Yeah, it's okay. But, uh, you know, getting some solid feedback uh, from, you know, all of my writer friends. And as you know, we're on strike. So, I, you know, I, I can't really do too much with it. But uh, I do feel confident about that. And, and just in my ability to, like, tell stories. Like, the, to me, the greatest thing now is, like, you just, I just be leaning into, like, me as best I can. Like, I have this singular vision. It's like, oh, man. I'm, I want a hundred million dollar portfolio of businesses. You know, we're doing a hundred million of revenue a year and you know, I'm, I'm winning me an Emmy, a prime time note, not like the, the Emmy that everybody gets, right? <laughs> Give me a prime time guy, right? You know, maybe I'm going to cross over and get an Oscar. It's like, you know, I, I played in the NFL, bro. Like dreams come true. Man. So it's like right. all this shit possible. So, uh, and even if I fall short, right? So if I fall short, damn, you know, Hulk only got to do 50 million in revenue. <laughs> Damn, I, you know what I'm I had to get a regular Emmy, like whatever, you know what I'm saying? So that's really the way my brain like looks at these things. And it really made me start thinking just super long-term too. Like, cause I realized, and one of my private equity mentors told me this a while back. He's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, dang, you, you know, you need to understand brother that it's, you know, things happen in long periods of time. He's like, He's like, you know, all these people, all these people that you see that are successful. He's like, that's decades, brother. He's like, think about your football success. That's decades, exactly. brother, right? And so, you know, I, I started to orient myself around like, damn, I got to start taking like, like decade long approaches to things, right? Like, because because when I started flipping houses, it was like, oh man, I need some money, blah 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 blah, you know? Yeah. And 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 now it's like, oh man need some long-term wealth and happiness type shit. And, you know, and this is how I get there. And then I, I just chip away at this shit Reverse over very did long you, periods of time. Yeah. Did you have that kind of frame of reference that the private equity guy shared with you, like shortly after you stopped playing ball? Or was that kind of like, as you were like flipping the houses, getting into like the more of the media stuff, then you met him or, or you're know, trying to figure out like where that information came because I think for a lot of people, you and I both know, like a lot of people when they're transitioning from one thing to another, it's the fact that like most people miss the league because they were the best in the world objectively at mm -hmm. something, right? Mm -hmm. And it feel and because it's present, it feels like it happened just now. And to your point earlier, it took like a decade. And that's like, mm -hmm. we've been playing, by the time we made it to the league, we were playing football. We were 22, 23 people playing, playing football for 15, 16 years. Exactly. Like, it's not, it's not like we just started practicing this game. When did you start anchoring in the more, like, long-term, like, perspective? Or, like, I'm just curious. I would probably say when COVID set us down. Right? Mm -hmm. and, and when so recently, kind of. And, yeah, this is like 20, like this is late 2019, early 2020. Like I had my first kid yeah. late 2019 and I'm, and I actually met my private equity mentor. And he's like a friend now. I hate calling him a mentor. This is, that's really my, my boy. Right. Yeah. But, um, but you know, he, you know, he's hit a lot of these goals already. Right. And right. like, 
you know, I go, I'm, you know, I'm out, I'm, I'm at a real estate networking thing and his wife owned a title company and I'm chopping with her, blowing her ear up about some shit. And she's like, you need to talk to my husband, like blah, blah, blah. Right. And he, and she slides me in, introduced me. And right. really we just been rocking ever since. Like we just was, we just hit it off on, on such a level. And, uh, you know, he's just like a dude like me that like, you know, and I, you know what it is? He just saw it in me too. He like, oh, this dude, he finna, he finna make he it. Like, he means yeah, it. he means it. All this shit he talking, he means it. And so he's like, right. man, let me give you some game. And I'm telling him what I'm doing. And he like, yeah, he's like, you know, I'm not upset at the real estate shit, but like, you know, that flipping shit crazy, blah, blah, blah. He starts talking to me about the implications of all that. Like, the, you know, what I'm doing with my money doing that versus something else. And then he starts introducing me to entrepreneurship through acquisition, right? And I'm like, yep. damn. Uh, that's a whole situation, right? And uh, and this is around the same time I start blowing you up about some shit, right? And you hit me with the little Harvard Business Review book, right? Changed my life, changed the way I'm looking at shit, right? And then I start exactly. reading some of these, you know, buy them build, right? I start reading some of these things and 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 it's like, oh, damn. And then it's like, and then I'd be mad because I'm like, man, y'all had this information the whole time. <laughs> like, you didn't tell me, you know? Uh, so, you know, I'm saying late 2019 is really like, you know, when I, when I first got intro to the, to the ideas and, and then when I started being like, you know what, I need to just start taking a longer, a longer term approach to all of this stuff, bro, because, because that short term thinking is, is short and it doesn't get you anywhere. Right. And I spent a couple of years in that, you know? So if you, you go back people because you know like sports is just like a metaphor for life right this whole like transferable skills something like the offseason what we're doing here if you're going back because you you left the league how old were you 27 28 like me i think maybe yeah uh, i was probably 27 yeah 27 28 what what would you have done differently to help prepare you for like the transition, if anything, like if you feel like, man, I just had to go through it, how I went through it, that's fine. I mean, that's a that's a that maybe a cop out answer, but like, what <laughs> specifically would you have done differently, knowing what you know now, to like better your transition? I mean, in retrospect, like I always like I wish I would have leveraged and and got more wealth while I was in the NFL, right? Yeah. And that sounds crazy, but, like, I could have. Like, I could have been. Yeah. Nigga, loans would have been stupid then, right? Like, you, you know, it's, it's so I would have just been buying more stuff, leveraging more stuff, getting more assets. Um, but I was afraid of all that then, and I didn't have the time because I was so focused on being a good football player. I didn't have the time to, like, really – and I didn't trust anybody, right? And I think that's probably the, the hardest part about being a dude that comes from a place like I come from. Uh, it's just hard and your family don't know. And you learning that like a lot of these dudes out here ain't got your best interest. So really my thing is like, I just, you know, I just had a fucking savings account full of stupid money. Right. Cause I didn't know what to do, but I, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to spend it, but I'm not, you know, I'm not ready to to hand it off to Eli and them yet. So, um, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. I think the, the the important thing is to, you know, like I had to go through it. The thing that you said is right. I had to go through it. I had to be hyper-focused on that, on football 
and what that meant. And then I had to get out and figure it out and then learn to be hyper-focused on these other things and, and mm. get the information that comes with being hyper-focused and the information that comes with meeting these people and, and, and becoming friends with these people. And you know what I'm saying? Just learning right. uh, best how to, how to be in the world, bro. Right. Cause you, you can't really do everything. And you know, I could, yeah. I could go back and I would have bought way more houses and I would have, you know, I, I would have maybe tried to make a run at a couple of things differently, but you know, my life is fine. And so I wouldn't really exactly. change much. Yeah. You win it. So it sounds like the, the biggest value add you think you got from football and you think that like translates well to what you're doing now is like the ability to hyper focus. Right. Yeah. So like double clicking on that hyper focusing what you're doing, writing, and you've already been successful. You've already like sold, you know, so, sold some of your like writing stuff like that. Talk to me about the ability to create like a new pattern process for how you're doing something that was alien to you, you know, a decade ago, and you know something that isn't. Once again, like the the feedback loop is completely different, right? Like we practice every day when we play with the Cowboys. We practice every day. We watch we watch film every day. You're writing it and effectively in a vacuum, even if you're in a writer's room. I mean, you're writing it yourself. You're getting feedback in what is like a longer loop, right? So how does that impact? Did that impact your your ability to create a process? And you know, what are you looking at now to 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 continue to improve your process? Me personally, I like to ask people questions like some people ain't gonna ask for help i ask for help all the time uh mm. i'm the dude i'm the dude that's gonna ask you like if like if you're 57 and did it i'm in your shit like hey bro so <laughs> want to get some coffee like let's talk about it right uh i'm the dude that's on youtube crazy trying to figure out like oh that's dope oh this is um mm. I'm the dude that's going to read the books and listen to the podcast. It's like, everything is all the same, bro. Like if you, and this is why I think, you know, me and my boy Malcolm, and you know, Malcolm, and we kind of had a conversation about some of these things. And it's like, if you, if you a dude who is able to make it to the NFL, bro, that's literally the sky's the limit. Cause you are one of the people in the world that have been able to be hyper-focused and hyper-skilled at a particular thing. And all of that shit, you can transfer. And so it's like, uh, now, it's not going to happen tomorrow. And this is the thing where everyone gets, gets, gets wrong, bro, right? Like, it ain't going to happen next right. week, bro. But in a decade, you're going to be solid, bro. I promise yeah. you, right? In five, right? Like, and, yeah. and, you know, again, it's like the problem is people just don't take a long enough time horizon on, you know, a lot of their actions, right? And so for me, it's like, I understood that it's going to take a while. I understood that I didn't know anything. I understood that uh, I needed help. And so I just mm. took all that information and hyper-focused in the areas that I want to go. It's like, man, I need to make more money. It's like, let me find people who make hella money, buku money. Who making buku money around here, right? You, Matt, what's good? Hit me. What we got? Oh, damn, damn, that's crazy. You said you could do what? Come on, bro, that's crazy. That's cheating. No, it's not. Oh, all right. Oh, uh, you know what I'm saying? And And that's really the the strategy that I have with life, bro. Like I'm, I'm here for, for it, for the long haul, 
You know what I'm saying? I got sons. I got to teach them how to be here for the long haul. You know what I'm saying? It's a crisis on masculinity right now. I got to teach them that, you know, you just got to hunker down and grind the fuck out. That's how you get there, bro. Right? And that, that, knows- undrafted, life, that undrafted life will make will, will test your spirit. Bruh, right? And I think that is in part why I'd be unshakable. You know what I'm saying? Like, some shit could happen. I'd be like, come on, man. This is not a thing, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, and me and, you know, my wife, Diana. So me and her have just, like, completely opposite fucking, like, she's a stressed out person, like, fundamentally. But she's stressed, bro. And, like, the way that we we both handle shit, it's like, something will happen. And I'm unfazed, bro. Right, like, right. and not only did all that happen, but then I took, I took a long time. I meditated. I did all this work, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I was in the NFL, I was not playing, bro. I'm meditating twice a day. It's crazy. My mental health is dumb. Like, I'm, I'm mentally, I'm a monster, right? And, and so I have all of that still, right? And so something happens. It's nothing. Something happens. She's like, oh my god, it's crazy. And I think that that's just the difference between like, you know, someone who's actually had to in practice be great, right? Like actually, Mm -hmm. like, like, it's not like, you know, like you said uh, earlier about guys who have the trouble transition. It's like they, he actually had to be the best in the world, bro. Right. And it's like, wasn't fucking around. It wasn't like my my brother put me on, you know what I'm saying? Uh, My mentor knew a dude who owned the firm. So I got the note actually had to be the best in the world right and so you have that inside of you and you could always call on that to go and recreate that right and and to become now the best in the world at whatever your next thing is one of my other my one of my other guys he saw the logistics can you go and invest in my deal now he saw the logistics he saw half of his company for 450 million bro to private equity in uh this was like 2013 right he has another uh uh, another kind of freight brokerage, right? I'm sure you understand the model. But my dude says, he says, Darian, he said, this is why I'm investing in you. One, he said, one, you're an athlete. You did it at the highest level. B, I just like you. He says, I, just so you know, I have this other company. We did 800 million of revenue last year. He said, my CEO is an ex-NFL guy. He said, everyone in those prominent positions of this fucking business, they all play college college soccer hoops you know what i'm saying oh. uh softball you know what i'm saying oh. and so it's like yeah. if you out here and you're an athlete and you think oh i'm just an athlete like blah 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 then you lying and you need to pick your head up and you need to realize the greatness really that you have inside right. of you right because it's there I love, it. I love it i love it i love it all right so right now you got a lot going on you got a lot going on tell us in the near future, something we should be looking out for. We're going to put in the show notes, like, all your contact information and whatnot. But what's something we should be on the lookout for? How can we help you? How can we reach out to you if we if we, if we maybe want to want to talk to you? What's going on? I mean, just hit, you know, hit me on Twitter, bro. You know, I like Twitter. I'm a Twitter guy. You know, I, you know at some point, you'll see a fucking smash hit uh, film that came from me. At some point, you know, I'm going to be like, you know, NYPO Beverly Hills or some shit, you know, just for the just for the network. 
right? Like, I don't really care about it, but I pull up just so, you know, just so I can fraternize with a couple of my guys, right? Like, you know, I don't even know what to tell you. Like, like, like I don't even live my life in that way. Like, shit, I'm moving in my direction. And like I told you, like, we, we you know, I'm about to buy this, uh, this cold chain company, right? And, and I kind of got another proprietary deal down the pipeline and I'm going to do that, right? And, and, you know, ultimately, like I said, man, my goal is $100 million revenue, Hoko. Um, and I want to have a any prime time, you know, not the fucking the everyday one that people, you know, they give sixty seven thousand of them away. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I just, you know, like I want to be fulfilled in my in my endeavors, bro. And so yeah. that stuff is all coming. You know what I'm saying? I can't put a date on it. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Like I don't oh. know. Uh, it's not gonna it exist like now. Like it exists tomorrow. Exactly. It ain't going to be next right. week, bro. But um, but it's going to happen one day. You're up and be like, damn, that's that person who's talking crazy on like a podcast. Or you're just going to see the name, actually, because I'm not going to be there. So you're going to be, you know, it's going to be, you're going to watch this crazy ass movie and it's just going to say written by. And you're going to be like, oh, damn. I, I, <laughs> you're going to be tapping your wife on the shoulder like, babe, babe, babe. I see. I it. I, it's, it's, yeah. Man. Right. <laughs> you know why my soul been so cold lately? Did you did you mm. see that Juvie uh Tiny Desk? Tiny Desk, bro. What, bro? I've been on that twice a week, bro, and it's just like, why has that <laughs> been so inspirational to me? And I was just bro. telling my boy, I don't even know why has that been so motivational to me. That's my, crazy. It's it's wild, bro. And I don't know I why I my... feel so inspired watching it. You know, it's it's like it's like you seeing all this stuff from when you was a a jit and these songs, and then in some way, you know, because black people we be feeling sometimes like we don't belong in these spaces, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and you just watch Juvie get around like they brought him back out, bring back that ass up again one more time, please, for the white lady with the NPR shirt on in the front, like she's dying for this shit, bro, right? She's you like, oh my god, oh, that's right. I almost started doing the Johnny in the crib, bro. I'm like, come <laughs> on, bro, what are we doing? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I think you know, so we be feeling like we don't belong in them spaces, and and then you and then you see Juvie do Juvie, and Manny just you know, so many friends. And then Bro. in the back, looking like the dudes I went to, to Mac Main with, with the you know that was in the band, and I'm like, man, that's right, my right, people right. right there, and and they right. love it. So it's something like that, man. I love it, man. I love it. Well, Shoe Weems, appreciate you coming out, man. Uh, really love that you joined the pod. This episode is amazing. Yeah, obviously one of my one of my boys, but also you're like an outstanding individual and true human being. Uh, so. All right, brother. Of course, brother. You have a good one.